Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 111, Abinadi and the Ten Commandments. Welcome! I appreciate you tuning in this week to the Sister Scriptorians podcast. Things are changing in my life once again. That's life, right? It's just always changing. When you think you have the perfect schedule, then boom, something knocks it off kilter. At least that's how things roll with me. It's all about learning how to be flexible, right? And 2020 has given me another opportunity to do things differently. I have decided to start homeschooling my younger three children, which then leads to this week's highlight. If you are also in the same boat as I am and you're thinking of homeschooling, I want to direct you to a curriculum that one of our listeners directed me towards. It is called the Good and the Beautiful Curriculum. And what is wonderful, if you have an elementary school student, the Language Arts Program is a free download. It gives you an opportunity to be able to check out what this curriculum is all about, to see if you like it, to see if it's fitting your needs before you buy other aspects of their program. So far, as I have looked through it, it is is true to its name. It's good and it's beautiful. Also, I share this big change that's going on in my life so that perhaps you can understand if a podcast now and then is coming a little later than it normally does, or maybe a week or two is skipped. I'm in the process right now of putting first things first and then arranging my time to encompass everything that the Spirit is guiding me to do. So over here... In Carrie Hick and Looper land, growing pains are evident right now. And I, and I know that it's seeping in in some way, that it's obvious. So I do thank you for your patience. And then also, most importantly, I thank you for your support. I thank you for the kind comments you send me, the encouragement that you give me. I appreciate it. So today's episode We are in Mosiah chapter 13, and 20 years after the time that Abinadi stood before the court of King Noah, King Benjamin will then address his people. And he will begin by stating that, I have not commanded you to come up hither and to trifle with the words which I shall speak, but that you should hearken unto me. And open your ears that ye may hear, and your hearts that ye may understand, and your minds that the mysteries of God may be unfolded to your view. What King Benjamin is teaching his people is how they can receive personal revelation about the truth of his words. He didn't want them to treat the word of God flippantly, but he asked them to open their hearts and their ears to exercise a desire to understand and then for their mind to be open to God and to learn of his ways. Alma, 70 odd years later, is going to talk in the same vein. He will refer to it as experimenting upon the word of God, referring to the word of God as a little seed that will grow fruit or understanding as you nurture it, as you take faithful action 
And this is what the priests of Noah are accused of not doing. The Hebrew word heart. We spoke about hearts to understand last week. Well, the Hebrew word heart, as referred to in the Old Testament, refers to an individual's will, their mind, their their consciousness, their emotions, and their understanding. It is these things that all drive each of our characters, our thoughts, and our decisions. So to apply our hearts to understanding is to put off the natural man and to open our ears and to open our hearts and to accept God's ways and strive to see things as he would see them, not to trifle with his words. And when we do this, that is when we gain his wisdom. That is how, and that is what the scriptures mean, to apply your hearts to understanding. This is what Abinadi is accusing the priests of Noah of not doing. They didn't take the word of God seriously. They trifled with it. They didn't even live it. So how could they teach it? Abinadi asked the priests, what do you teach the people? And they responded, we teach the law of Moses. Abinadi admonishes them, if you teach the law of Moses, why aren't you keeping it? And here in Mosiah 12, verse 29, is another formula, if you will, that the Book of Mormon provides for us. It's use of our time plus use of our energy equals the fruits of our labor. So if you want to produce good fruit or you're unhappy with the fruit that you are producing, We're going to need to take a look at how you're spending your time and how you're spending your agency. Now, mind you, this does not usurp other people's agency. This is just your fruit of what you're producing. So be careful. So how do the priests of Noah use their time? Loving riches, lusting, and even fornication. How do they use their strength? Abinadi points out, it is spent with harlots. And what are the fruits of their labors? Leading the people to commit sin. That's why the Lord had to send Abinadi. He couldn't even get through to the priests of Noah. They weren't even keeping the law. So then Abinadi explores what the priests know about the law of Moses. Does salvation come by the law of Moses, he asks. And this is the tie-in between the question that the priest last week, remember, asked him, and then Abinadi's line of questioning. Their question, remember, the priest's question, was a passage from Isaiah that spoke of good tidings, God reigns, the watchman will sing, the Lord will bring again Zion and comfort his people because he has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord makes bare his holy arm to all the ends of the earth, and they will see the salvation of our God. So that's a summary of the question, or really the better thing is the passage that the priest was asking Abinadi to tell them what it means. But obviously, it must have been a really sloppy trick question, because it revealed more to Abinadi of what the priests did not know than what Abinadi might actually be guilty of. The passage is talking about salvation. 
It's referring to the Lord who's going to bring it. But the priests of Noah, they weren't walking in the ways of the Lord to receive salvation. Worse than that, they were leading the people of Noah astray with the poor examples and the corruption of the Lord's law. So the priests answered Abinadi's question, Does salvation come by the law of Moses? And they said yes. And now they were exposed. Can of worms opened. (laughs) All Abinadi had to do at this point was remind them of the first commandments, the first two out of ten. And then the court of Noah erupted into ridiculousness. The first two are, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And the second, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything in heaven above or things which are in the earth beneath. Then Abinadi, he dared to testify that those priests and the king of Noah had not kept these commandments. They had not taught the people to do these things as well. And it was his bold testimony that caused Noah to react and command that Abinadi be taken away and slain that very moment. For what have we to do with him, Noah says, for he is mad. So this wicked king Abinadi abandoned all inquiry to find something to accuse Abinadi of and just became satisfied with his determination of Abinadi's mental state. Abinadi was mad. He was crazy and needed to be slain. Really, what had occurred here is Abinadi disagreed with the king and told him so to his face. There were no flattering words being used at this point, and Noah couldn't take it. Not only had the priests and Noah not applied their hearts to understanding, but they rejected Abinadi's words and they desired to silence him. And the priests or the people of Noah, they attempted to lay their hands upon Abinadi, but he withstood them and he said, touch me not. For God shall smite you if ye lay your hands upon me. For I have not delivered the message which the Lord sent me to deliver. Neither have I told you that which ye requested that I should tell you. Therefore God will not suffer that I shall be destroyed at this time. But I must fulfill the commandments wherewith God has commanded me. And because I have told you the truth, you are angry with me. And again, Because I have spoken the word of God, ye have judged me that I am mad. Something stands out to me this time reading this through. And maybe it's because of the circumstances and the days that we live in. That those who have not applied their heart to understanding, to gain wisdom from the Lord, are not going to understand those who have. It's why King Benjamin cut to the chase at the very beginning of his address, warning the people right up front, don't trifle with these words. He wanted to speak heart to heart. We can't base our faith and our testimony on the reactions of others who aren't using their hearts or their will, their mind, their consciousness, and their understanding 
to gain wisdom about spiritual laws. We must stand in confidence. And if you need a visual reminder of what that looks like, think of Abinadi. Abinadi stood. He didn't shrink. Though rage (laughs) surrounded him, he stood. And the wisdom that Abinadi possessed, the truth he spoke, was magnified by the spirit that was present within him, that the people could see it, for the spirit of the Lord was upon him, and his face shone with exceeding luster. Isn't that cool? So continuing on, Abinadi spoke with power and authority, and he was even able to tell the people their thoughts, which is always very sobering. Abinadi perceived that his message cut them to their hearts. And why? Because what he spoke was true. In fact, they were angry because his message was true and their guilt was overwhelming. And now as Abinadi stood there, his face shining with exceeding luster, all they could do was listen because they lacked the power to slay him. And Abinadi's words filled them with wonder and amazement and also with anger. And Abinadi knew this. The spirit testified and let him into their minds and hearts. And again, the people of Noah were exposed. Abinadi at this time, he set the terms of how the rest of their conversation was going to go, that he was going to finish his message, and then the court of Noah can do as they will. However, agency is a bummer sometimes, and whatever they do do to him will be a type and a shadow which are to come. And so now twice Abinadi has confirmed the prophecies of that which is to come which is completely brought about by their actions and reactions to the word of God. It is brought about by their use of their hearts or their use of their agency, their will. So in order for us to be able to learn, liken, and lift, let's review the Ten Commandments that Abinadi reviewed as he stood there with power and with authority. At first, the Ten Commandments just looks like a list of thou shalts and thou shalt nots. However, with the knowledge of the New Testament, that knowledge helps us break these Ten Commandments really into two categories. We can see that these Ten Commandments, they're the beginnings, the bare bones before the higher law would be given by Jesus Christ on how to keep the first and the second great commandments. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Elder L. Tom Perry, an apostle of the Lord back in April 2013, he taught that According to his judgment, four of the Ten Commandments are taken as seriously today as ever. As a culture, we disdain and we condemn murder, stealing, and lying. And we do still believe in the responsibility of children to their parents. 
However, sister scriptorians, that leaves six commandments that this apostle of the Lord viewed the world as dismissing. And the first one is commandment number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Or in other words, God first. Remember the formula from earlier, the use of our time plus the energy we expend equals the fruits of our labors. So how are we using our time? And where does the fresh, untainted energy that we are given each day, where does it go? Are you remembering to put God first? Are you, Or are you delaying your devotions to Him? And then when time is short and your energy is long past spent, is that when you're deciding whether or not to check in with Him or to spend some time with Him? And then there's commandment number two, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Which at first glance, you might think, well, this is easy to do. I personally don't have any relics that I pray to or use as a strength. But is that all that the Lord has in mind here? If commandment number one is to put God first, then commandment number two is saying only God. Period. Idolatry, as defined in Guide to the Scriptures, is the worship of idols or an excessive attachment or devotion to anything. Again, think of your time and your energy. So, what are you devoting a lot of time and energy towards? What occupies your thoughts the most? Taking up a lot of your mental energy, leaving not a lot of room for anything else. Who are you trying to emulate? Who do you spend a lot of time observing, copying, admiring, or learning about? The answer to these questions can help you and I identify where have we misplaced God and replaced him with something or someone else? What is it that causes you to abandon heavenly principles for a moment? or Christ-like attributes for just a few minutes? And what about the devotion our culture has to celebrity news and athletes and even musicians? The time and the adoration that we give them can change how we show up in our own life, how we feel, how we think, how we dress, how we talk, and even how we take selfies. We lose sight of who we really are as we morph into those that we spend the most time looking at and admiring and thinking about. Did you know that that's who you're emulating? And as Abinadi taught, Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. What an interesting characteristic of God. But in case you are wondering how seriously the Lord takes idol worship, Abinadi continued, For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. This is quoted from Exodus that Abinadi obviously had access to. Idol worship 
is a sickness that sinks deep down into us, affecting our posterity for generations. But in the tender mercy of our Lord, the Lord can heal us and he intends to. He intends to show mercy unto thousands of them that love him and keep his commandments. And how do we love him? Another way is to keep commandment number three. Thou shalt not take God's name in vain. Commandment number four teaches us to keep the Sabbath day holy. And Abinadi makes it clear this is for all. Not only should you not do any work, but neither should your son or your daughter or your manservant or your maidservant. Well, even your cattle or your servant within your gates shouldn't do any work on Sunday. And even though I might not have any servants... One way that I can help myself and others to keep the Sabbath day holy is not putting others in a position to serve me for payment on Sundays. But in our society, Sundays are busy shopping days and huge recreation days as well. And is it just me or is the weather on Sunday always magnificent? No matter the season. But I can say that when we don't keep the Sabbath day holy, sister scriptorians, we miss out during these times, these current conditions that we're living in right now. There has been a slowing down for me, especially on Sundays. And it makes me reflect on the delight that President Nelson spoke of in his conference talk in April 2015. Sunday has become a recharging spiritually and physically for me. It has been a time to recommit again to do come follow me. It has been a time of more family togetherness. And yes, it has been a time of slowing down and reflecting for the upcoming week. What would life be without the Sabbath? Have you ever stopped to think about that. What would I miss out on if I didn't have a chance to renew my spirit, to renew my covenants, to renew my focus? How would life alter if I I didn't set aside time to get reverent, to make room for sacred things, to learn of God? Now, the next commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. Adultery is referred to the sexual relationship between the unmarried and the married individual with someone outside of their marriage. In the scriptures, I think this is interesting. It also refers to the symbol of a nation or a group of people who have apostatized from the ways of the Lord. I always think of the first definition when I think of adultery, but the second, I shall not do as well. Though adulterous relationships are promoted for sure in our media as fun and self-serving and self-discovering, I hope we see it for what it is. It is a breakdown of the Father's plan of happiness. It is the rot that is infecting the world's families. It is the root cause of the social destructions that we are witnessing today. In the strength of youth, some of the blessings that we are promised for remaining sexually pure is confidence and true happiness. 
we will also be blessed to improve our ability to make good decisions now and in the future. I would add that these blessings are not only given to the individuals, but to our spouse and to our children as we remain virtuous in our relationships. Those blessings of confidence and true happiness and good decision-making will be passed down to our generations. And finally, there's commandment number 10. Do not covet. And then going back to the guide to the scriptures, to covet is to envy, which means to desire something that belongs to someone else. We are envying someone when we have an excessive desire for what they have, whether it be material or physical or a personal characteristic or trait, whether it be their possessions, their gifts, their features. Maybe they have a beautiful physical feature you examine and you desire, or perhaps it's their popularity or their money or their apparent ease of life. Whatever it is, when you are wanting what belongs to them in an excessive way, you are coveting. When you are comparing and finding fault with them, believing that they aren't deserving, you are coveting. When you are the possessor and you are worried that it might be taken away from you, you are in a state of jealousy. When you look at the blessings of keeping the Ten Commandments and you observe the afflictions that come from those who aren't keeping the commandments, either by individuals or, or in general our societies, it is as if our Supreme Creator gave us these commandments to serve us not to entangle us, that they aren't a set of restrictions, but they are a set of liberations, liberations from fake happiness and fake confidence, fake power, and toxic, unsafe relationships that wound and damage our souls. The Ten Commandments helps us to truly love, love God, to love ourselves, and to love our fellow men. The Ten Commandments their freedom, and it detangles us from the restraints that the natural man would create in our lives if we didn't put him off. Secularism is the natural man's sole ambition. It is as far as he wants to set his sights, only relating to this age, right now, limited happiness. And this is exactly what the courts of Noah promoted. They promoted pleasure, uninhibited behavior, and short-lived, limited happiness. The purpose of the law of Moses was to keep God's people in remembrance of him and their duty towards him, to set their sights not only on his coming, but on eternity. And as Abinadi pointed out, salvation does not come by the law alone. In fact, there will come a time when it shall no more be expedient for the Nephites to keep the law of Moses. All of its laws of performances and ordinances, all the law required of them daily was only to point them to he who would bring salvation to them through his atonement. Sister Scriptorians, this week, Ponder Prompt for episode 111 is designed for you to apply your hearts to understanding, 
so you can be wise about the Ten Commandments. Take time to ponder and record your thoughts about how the Ten Commandments were given to you by your Creator to serve you and to help you operate in your full capacity. How they help you to put off the natural man and look to Christ.